Who wants, Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just make coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now, it's time for the man with the caffeine. The new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and let's get this thing started. Hey everybody, welcome back to Java Chat. Coffee with Mike here. Get to sit here, oh, get to sit here with one of my good friends, uh, Rachel Hunter, um, whom we've been we've been discussing getting her on the podcast now since wow, um, since June. <laughs> we or possibly even earlier. Last year of last year. Yeah, yeah, it's. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's been a long time coming, uh, and and I, I was just discussing this with her before um, before we started recording. That today is probably the best time to do this because of how how much has um, transpired since then. So thank you very much for coming and joining me on Java Chat. I really appreciate you doing so. It's my pleasure. I'm very happy to be here, Mike. Awesome. Um, so Rachel has a very interesting, um, she has an interesting, I don't want to call it a profession. She has an interesting um, life path where she has become what's called a healing coach. This is a new term to me. I'm used to hearing about healers. Or I'm used to hearing about coaches, but a healing coach is a little different. Um, and then she'll explain more of that as we go through um, the mere the mere term is probably going to get a lot of people wondering. So I'm going to ask Rachel if you wouldn't mind sharing, you know, how, where did it start and how did it progress to getting to today? Absolutely. These are great questions. You know, I think a lot in, in this industry and just anything online, you know, a lot of people say it's got to be like this this is the plan, this is the path that you need to take for it to be successful. And I followed that path and I wasn't as successful as I am now. <laughs> I didn't become passionate or, you know, have your perceived version of success until I created what I felt good about. And until I was sharing what lit me up. And thus the term healing coach was born for me because I believe that our passion gets turned into profit. And I became passionate about healing after I had experienced a lot of pain growing up through my childhood. And then that carried into adulthood. As children, what we're exposed to and what we grow up around imprints upon us in adulthood. And if you don't do something about it, I, it gets worse. It grows and it grows. It's like this festering thing that just gets worse. And that's what happened to me. If I if I remember correctly, you are one of six. I am. Yeah. And, it, and it's okay. you. You were describing earlier was a it was a it's a different dynamic than just a straight six. Like there was one group and another group. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So uh, out of six kids, I fall in number five. I'm the youngest girl, which basically means I was the baby of the family. <laughs> And my oldest three siblings, uh, my oldest sister is 12 years older than me. And so the first three siblings came up, they were very tight knit. And then the last three, there was a large stretch in between. And we had a very different dynamic. You know, we'll share stories about our childhood and growing up and it's completely different. 
with the first three and the last three because during that stretch between those that chunk of time with birth my mother developed some mental health issues and she had some health problems as well and in the early 90s there was not any regulations upon doctor's visits and prescriptions and my mother became addicted to pain medications she would create these aliases and go to different doctors and get prescribed the same pain medications and she didn't have the tools available to her to deal with her pain and so she medicated and that created an absence of her and my childhood and then my father who worked 70 80 hours a week to the bone he had a landscape design company he was he's very good at it. i still have to this day very good at it he was gone he was gone so we basically raised ourselves out in the country and we were not necessarily exposed to things that were nurturing and conducive and I don't have a lot of memories from my childhood because I blocked a lot of it out. Sure, that mm -hmm. absolutely understandable. I'm also raised as the youngest, so I, mm -hmm. I understand the dynamic of, of time separation because the closest brother to me was 11 years away. So they're, they're growing up versus my growing up completely different too. I mean, even to this day when I talk with my eldest brother, you know, some of the memories that he shares, I look at him and I go, where was I when all this was going on? <laughs> it's like, you've got a completely different set of rules. You had a completely different mm -hmm. set of, you know, it, it's, and then when I look back at what I went through, I was the brat of the family. Um, I got away with probably way more than I should have. But I also, I also realized I was over babied um, many times. Um, and instead of, being taught some of the things that I probably should have been taught, ended up learning them in my thirties. Um, so that the, the issues of the day, and we're talking about eighties. So, um, another time when things were unchecked and unregulated, uh, they, just as, just as much for, um, anybody dealing with pains. And I think only as of, the early 2000s or mid to well, I shouldn't say mid 2000s. We're just getting to those uh, early 2000s. Um, opiate dependency just started started to get addressed as to mm -hmm. people off of it because it was you know it, some of it was regulatory driven, but uh, there was a there was a huge cry out in the in the medical community going, "This is stupid. We have people stuck on opiates, and they and they're not they're not doing well." So I, I can imagine like the, the absence of, of mom must have been like a serious tax on all three of you. What did, yeah. you, <laughs> what did you, what did you do to get, I mean, how did you guys manage? Well, you know, because my father worked so often and my mother was in the bed, she was bedridden most of my childhood. We raised ourselves. I was grocery shopping and cooking and cleaning you know, as young as, uh, let's say 10. Wow. And wow. it served me now because I love cooking and cooking is one of my passions and I can literally make something out of nothing. Like I have friends call me like, Rachel, I've got this and this and this, what can I make? <laughs> That's the best though. That and really so the best. Like, it, it worked out now. I'm 
you know, in the, in the thick of it, when you're in the storm, you don't see it. You don't see anything else. All you're looking to do is to ease the pain or to find pleasure. Absolutely. So you get out, you, you move through that, beyond that, you come out into womanhood and you start realizing I got to work and you start hitting certain milestones. I know we're fast forwarding here, but you start hitting certain milestones as far as being a businesswoman and really understanding how business works and how did that go? It was interesting. Uh, You know, I I got my first job when I was 13. I started doing my dad's books and his business and I did that. And then I got into the food service industry and, you know, because of my entrepreneurial exposure, I started my first business. I was 22 or 23 when I started my first business. So I started a mobile day spa business and, um, I did pretty well. I, I did really well. I did in-home and in-office spa retreats, and I loved it. Like, I really fell in love with skin, and I became a passion about probably the first thing in my life where I fell in a real passion with skin. And um, I, so I ran that business, and then I got pregnant with my oldest daughter, and then I learned that if my body doesn't feel well, I can't perform, and I can't stand on my feet for hours upon a time and lift heavy things. And I learned that even as an entrepreneur, and if you are passionate about what you're doing, if you don't have a way to earn passive income, if you don't have a way to scale and monetize in other ways, then you're basically paying to have a job. Yeah. And my health became a huge asset for me because I couldn't do that business anymore. Let that business go. And then I... I ended up staying home with my, my kids for a while. I wanted to have that mothering experience and give them that experience that I really didn't have. And I think you can probably testify to this too, that we want to do things differently with our children yes. than what we were raised in. Is that, is that the same for you as well? It is absolutely the same. Uh, it's It's been one of those deals where I know he's watching. Obviously, he's 20 now, so but he's still watching to see what dad's doing to see how dad's mm-hmm. making it, making things work. And he's still trying to find his own way. And I think he's going back to school here in the spring, which would be great. Um, but it's it's like, I know what we didn't have as kids. Um, my father, who was quite the prideful man, not in a bad way. He just, you know, he's, he's a good, he was a good dad. He sacrificed a hell of a lot for us. Um, you ever mentioned food stamps to him, he'd get mad. But it had to be done sometimes. I mean, we were from that lower middle class, you know, that's where we were. And he worked at whatever job he could get a hold of, sometimes working two jobs. You know, mom was working too. They weren't always home. So it was up to my brothers to raise me. Hmm. That was another, that's a story for another time because there, <laughs> there are stories of playing football where I was the ball that are involved in that one, but that's, that's for another day. <laughs> right the games are different whenever you're you know left to raise yourself like when i tell kids kids stories of my brothers and sisters locking me in a suitcase oh, and leaving me in the closet oh no <laughs> that was a game let's lock the littlest one in the suitcase because she can fit <laughs> see if we can travel let's go someplace guys we'll tell her we'll like, just get weird. there we'll open it up when we get there or putting my brother in a <clears throat> 
ten gallon trash can and rolling them down a hill. Oh no! <laughs> Those are the games. Life experiences, I tell you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <clears throat> but yeah, it get the the intent to at least give them better perspective to not have to hopefully saving them from having to experience the same thing that we did, but also giving them better perspective so they know it's not not locked down to one vision. Because if it is, it's it's our vision vicariously. It's for them, it's not theirs. Mm. Um, and that's that's one thing that I've always encouraged him, you know, is mother and I didn't always agree on things. Like she wanted him to go and play sports and I looked, I, and I looked at him, I'm like, this is not a sports player. This one is, I don't think he's going to do any sport. And I was right. He ends up, he mm. wants to be a pilot. And I'm like, that ain't sports. <laughs> without, but without us encouraging our children, like we both do, um, to be that creative, to to figure out, you know, what do you really love, what do you really want to do. Um, I think that's how we give back, at least at least for our generation to give back to the next generation. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a ripple effect. Yeah, it certainly is. Mm-hmm. So you've given that to them. Um, you spent your time at home. The bug bit again. With the second, with another business, and how did that go? Yeah. So um, after I had my little stint at home, I did a little play in insurance, and you know, doing some different companies with insurance, and I learned very quickly on that was not for me, and. Then I um, started teaching financial literacy. Um, I became super passionate about that because we're, I wasn't taught, like, I wasn't taught how to manage money. They don't teach that in school anymore. It wasn't part of the regular narrative in my house. You know, I would see my dad walking around with stacks of cash in his wallet. Like, he did everything in cash, paying his workers in cash. Like, everything was done in cash. And so I started teaching financial literacy and I loved it. I got a lot of benefit from it as well. And um, again, it, it grew very quickly. I opened three offices in three years. And um, right at the brink of that, right before I started that business, I had some health problems. And I ended up having a total hysterectomy and double ovary removal when I was 30. Wow. So I was put into menopause at 30 years old. And before that happened, like I, I, it was awful. Like I was sick. I felt I couldn't get out of bed. It was, it was really, really difficult to manage being a mother and also running a business. Like <laughs> I, when I started this business, I was going through this with number one, I was coming out of like postpartum mm. and I was starting in having the health issues that like I was literally pumping breast milk in the car when I was doing my business. Like I would take 15 minute breaks to come pump breast milk in the car so I can run my business and earn money for my family. And so that's like, I had that grit that I had learned from my father of you just have a strong worth ethic. And I'm grateful that I learned that because I have a super, super, super strong worth ethic. Um, This retail business that I started um, with my ex, with my business partner, we scaled it from having one single table and one single product to having multiple products and multiple locations and multiple tables and we had employees at a certain amount of time and we scaled it to be online and it was exciting it was uh telecommunications we started with um prepaid cell phone service and selling prepaid cell phones and then we started adding different things um 
you know, as a gag, we got these cell phone stun guns. Oh, yeah. Um, I remember those. People were like, oh, these are so cool. I'm like, well, let's get some more. <laughs> and, you know, it was like you reinvest everything into the business. When you're when you're just starting out, you reinvest everything. And that's yeah. what I've done. Like, I reinvest everything pretty much. I keep my, my budget extremely low. And I reinvest because I'm a risk taker. Yeah. And so I took the big risk. And sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. And, you know, over having that business for eight years, like before I closed that business, which was just a couple of months ago, our business valuation was 384000 for a small business. Like that's pretty damn good. <laughs> that's, that's quite excellent. That's, a, that's worth a triple net of almost a mil just to sell it. That's not bad. A lot of businesses don't make it past the two-year mark. Yeah, and true. Eight years, yeah. Most no make it past two. Yeah, nice. So I had that business, and once I got that business into a place that it was kind of going, um, my ex was running it along, and I started into this financial firm company, opening these offices, and I got through the health issues, and I felt amazing. Like, I felt so good. I had so much energy. I had more energy than I had in my entire life, and, you know, I was finally feeling like a woman again, like, I really just was exploring myself in different ways. And that was kind of along the time that I had met you, Mike. And although it was like a perceived perception of like what others see, it's never what you see. And at that time in my life, it was a really low point for me because I had no idea who I was. I didn't know, was I a mother? Was I, was I even a woman because I didn't have a uterus or ovaries? Was I even you know, good at what I was doing in my business. Like I, I had huge identity issues and that led me to making a lot of personal decisions that I wouldn't normally make because I became so desensitized from overworking, undersleeping, malnourished. I wasn't eating. I was sleeping less than four hours a night. I self-care wasn't anything that was important to me. Self-love wasn't important to me. And so I got in these habits and patterns of giving myself away. And that was rooted through what I was dealing with in childhood that I wasn't seen and heard. And so I wanted to be seen and heard. So any amount of attention that I got from anybody, I was like, give me more. Yeah. I became addicted to attention. Interesting how that happens. Um, and social media doesn't help. Huh. <laughs> It doesn't. I got a like. Oh my gosh. Can I get more? <laughs> I didn't get any likes today. I, I suck. I'm horrible, right? <laughs> which, which, amazingly enough, and, and <clears throat> it's interesting to see because <clears throat> there's so many of the generations behind us that are stuck in that same crazy eight, if you will, uh -huh. uh, for those of you that recognize that term. It's a, it's a high and a low. I'm doing great. This is wonderful. Oh, I suck. Oh, this is great. That's awesome again. Oh, it sucks. Oh, it's... When you're stuck looking for attention, you get stuck on everybody else's opinion of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you and I have both learned uh, quite well. But that doesn't play out very well. And honestly, it shouldn't. It, it shouldn't play out well. Because if you're worried about what everybody else thinks about you, you're not really advancing yourself and what your gifts are what you're supposed to be doing you're, you're very superficial yeah. yeah 
you figured that part out what what happened next okay so i i figured that part out i you know i went through this cycle of giving myself away and depleting myself and i was absent from my kids home and the lie that i was telling myself oh they're not going to remember they're young you know it's not going to affect them put in the hard work now so that later on you can have you know the life that you desire and you know what really started the transition to the transformation was when my my daughter she was five at the time she came to me and she says mommy sometimes i feel like i have two moms only she was talking about me and the nanny her childcare at the time <clears throat> and i was like this is not what i want this is not what i want this is not the person i want to be this is not the role model i want to be for my children and uh, I immediately started the transition to close my downtown office and I gave it up. I gave it all up. I closed my office on the 19th floor of the tallest building in South Carolina and I decided to create a new life that lit me up and I did it all without a plan. <laughs> I had no backup plan other than a small business, which I really wasn't involved with at that time because I was off doing with you know the finances with the financial firm and you know i basically took six months to travel with my kids um i would work in the weekends in that business showing up just to make some cash just to get kind of get by and um, i put my kids in online school became a learning coach and that first year was extremely rough because a lot i had a lot of stuff within myself that i needed to work out and it was kind of funny, like I experienced burnout because I had so many roles and hats that I was wearing and I left that so that I can create this new life, yet I found that I was still feeling frustrated, like I was getting so angry all the time, like snapping at my kids and I just felt just like, Oh, mm. I'm like, I'm like, what's going, what's wrong? What's wrong? I left this crazy work-life environment so that I can have peace. And here I am at home with my kids, which is what I wanted. And I was creating this mobile lifestyle, yet I still felt awful. Yeah. And so that led me to going on this self-healing journey to heal these things with inside myself, because I realized it wasn't corporate that was stressing me out it was me I was stressing myself out because of my self-doubt and disbelief and my narratives and everything that I believed about myself and the world around me interesting isn't it how when we finally stop and step out of our own little storms the kind of clarity we can get and and we've had other guests that have had this kind of story, not your stories uh, specifically, but they everybody hit that same spot. And and I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping the listeners and the watchers are, are catching this. If you don't stop, and you don't step out of your own storm, and get real honest with what it is that's going on and what you're doing, it's that cycle is going to continue. Mm -hmm. And you're going to keep stressing yourself out, whether that's whether that's you giving yourself away, not enough self-love, other traumas from it. You're, you're going to continue stressing yourself out. That's just the bottom line. I think we're, I think for the most part too, and I and I watched a lot of your your journey, uh, 
um, obviously through social because that's where you you put a lot of uh, killer content. Guys, you'll be able to follow her after this. Just hang in there. We'll, <clears throat> it's all down in the comments. Her stories are phenomenal, by the way. If you guys don't follow her yet, go go get her now. She's on Instagram. Um, what's your username? Just so, so we can at least put that one out. It's at Rachel01, R-H-A-C-H-E-L-01. Yeah, go follow her. And just trust me. You're, her stories are phenomenal. She lays it out on the line um, exactly what it is that, that you should be considering and, and why. I mean, she's she's very... She, she's raw and she's real, which is one of the things that I really enjoy about it. Um, through that journey, and I, I remember the six months of what you were going through too. I remember watching that. And that was just kind of like, yeah, she's, she's, she's running through, she's running through the thicket. She's cutting her own, she's going to cut her own path. Watch, watch what happens. Um, and I was right. You did. Um, cause you had no choice. You had to, um, not, not knowing some of the things that you shared today, I understand why you had to. Um, sometimes there are no paths for certain for certain ones of us made. Mm -hmm. There there are no um, clear cut trails to go walk. There just aren't. We just have to cut our own. Um, you got through all of that. You began the the healing journey. You've come through the healing journey, <clears throat> and they're still going through it, obviously. That brings you to today. Hmm. What has what has become of all of this? What has become through all this is me finding out who I am and what my purpose is. I believe a lot of people spend their entire life searching. And that was me. I was searching for something and then I realized that I have already found it because my purpose is me. I am my purpose. My purpose is not a career. My purpose is not to be a mother. My purpose is not to have all these businesses. My purpose is to find myself, to know who I am, my identity, and have peace. And, you know, I mentioned this before that our passion turns into profit. And I became super passionate about helping others on their self-healing journey because when I first started, I didn't know what to do. I had no idea. I just started doing things or reading about it and I would try it and sometimes it would work sometimes it wasn't and even if I say this is what I did this is what you can do or when my clients I'll work with them and you know we can lay out a path what works for me may not work for you mm -hmm. and what works for you may not work for me and I learned that extremely early on in this coaching space that even though I can say xyz it may not work for you because you're completely different and you have a completely different background. And so that's why I started creating these customizable coaching experiences because it's not just one path. It's not just one plan. It's what works for your case. That makes absolute sense. Yeah. It's a nice thing that humans are so unique. I love that. I love the diversity. I love, I love seeing it. Yeah, it, it, well, it certainly makes for a much more interesting earth. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, it, otherwise everything would be as easy as a template and there's just no such thing as that. Not, not, right. You can have general templates, but for the, for the, for the most part, every person's going to need some kind of unique tweak to that plan. Mm -hmm. uh, if not major tweaks, depending on what they, they've gone through and so on. 
That's awesome. <clears throat> and so now you're you're a healing coach. You are you've been running this for how long now? So the healing coach is kind of new within the past year. You know, when I left corporate, I took my little six week. I call it my or my six months. I call it the walkabout. <laughs> I went on walkabout. <laughs> nice. Uh, I started doing business coaching. I started doing freelance. I was doing Fiverr. I became a top rated seller on Fiverr doing graphic design and um, social media marketing. So like I did these like little like one-offs with social media marketing and working with small businesses because I had success in my small business. And, you know, I realized that even though I could help somebody with their, a small business owner with their social media, they still had a lot of stuff within themselves that they couldn't stick to the plan because they had this internal stuff. And I believe when you have internal deficits or deficiencies, it portrays in your external environment. And so they couldn't stick to the plan. I'm like, why are, why am I going to charge somebody all this money? Have you come in and do this work? And then it completely ends because they can't stick to the damn plan. <laughs> and so I went back to the kitchen. I'm like, okay, Rachel, what do we have available to us? Let's cook, <laughs> right? And I, you know, it just, it was born that it's important to have that peace within yourself so that your life around you can have peace and balance. Because if you're imbalanced in yourself, guess what? Your external environment will be imbalanced too. And so I started doing the personal private coaching. I did that for about a, a year. And I would work one-on-one -on -one with people, taking them through a series of, um, you know, week to week of what that would look like. And I kind of streamlined it. And so now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just doing this new thing. I'm offering new services starting in January that I'm no longer offering private coaching because it's not what I'm passionate about. You know, my top three motivators when it comes to my business is passive income, mobility, and transformation. I want to be able to offer that transformation with, uh, within other people and within myself. And so now I'm, I'm taking a, another risk. I'm doing something completely different than what I've done in this coaching space. And I'm offering access to masterclasses and uh, a membership with different tools available to you because it, it's about the toolkit, Mike. Like the toolkit is what makes balance possible and inner peace possible. Having these tools available to you that you know, I feel overwhelmed right now. I can go over here and pull out this and this to give me immediate relief so I can get through the rest of my day. That's huge. I, I, it, it still, that runs the same for businesses too. It's tools and systems. Those run yes. businesses. Well, they can also help with our lives. It, it's, it's not all, it's not all based on your, your, you know, you shouldering all the weight. In fact, that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, that, that lends to other, other talks as well. Uh, guys, we're going to take a short 30-second break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about some of the stories, some of the fun stuff that um, Rachel's been able to help others with or some of the inspirations and motivations within herself with some of her mentors, etc. So we'll be back in 30 seconds. And we're back here at Java Chat, hanging out with Rachel Hunter. Uh, we were just talking a little bit about um, stories and, and, and some of the things that she's been able to facilitate as far as talking with people because the previous section, as you, as, as you guys remember, she talked about helping people that were, she was helping their business, but they needed, they needed help. I mean, like, they had issues. And a lot of times entrepreneurs, well, I should say 
entrepreneurs are actually famous for this. We will go, go, go and not deal with things that we should be dealing with, which is pretty concerning. So if you're an entrepreneur and you haven't dealt with any of this stuff, you may want to take a listen. Anyway, you, you've been doing this, for, like you said, for about the better part of a year. Um, what are, what, what's a journey like? Like when you, when you walk somebody through something, what's like, you have any examples or anything like that that you can share? I do. I do. And, you know, because people are all unique, it's, I have a similar format that I run and then it will go within like two to three weeks. So like, you know, depending on what their struggles with, you know, when you're, when you're doing one-to-one coaching, there's an element of active coaching and what you're dealing with in that moment that you need to help getting over. And so there's an element of that. And then there's the back end work and the back end work is kind of what led me to shift my business model to having the master classes and access is what I ran into was when I was doing personal private coaching, you're working with somebody for an hour a week for six months. And that left very little time for them to do that back end work on their own. When I work with business professionals, I work with entrepreneurs, I work with people that are kind of high end, high level, very experienced in their career. And although they've had success with their business or their career, they haven't taken a lot of time to heal these things within themselves. And it can be anything that's like a body image issue. Maybe if, let's say you go to the pool and you're afraid to take off your clothes because you're, you don't want to be judged by somebody else for how your body looks. And so working through these fears of what that looks like, you know, every, every single post that I do, every single story that I do, I'm talking to one person. I talk to this one person who I know is my ideal client. They exist. They are out there. And her name is Debbie. Okay. <laughs> I talked to Debbie. Her name is Debbie. And uh, Debbie's this person that has had the success and maybe they've, they've got the family and they've got the career, yet they are afraid to show up in a swimsuit. Why? Right? And so we work through these fears and these disbeliefs of what that looks like for them and helping them to find peace and love for themselves and to build that relationship with themselves. And a lot of that really starts to journaling it seems very simple or silly and in fact whenever right before I went on my walk about Mike the very first thing I did I went to Staples and I got a journal something told me to do that and even though I didn't use it for months and months and months I I carried this journal around with me like I was I was afraid of what was going to come out on that paper I was so scared that I was going to start writing and I wouldn't be able to write anything or I would write something stupid, or I would write, you know, like I was so scared, yet something inside of me told me, Rachel, do this. And that's really where it started. And I promote journaling huge within my community because it's not the Dear Diary BS, right? Like we all think journaling or having a diary that you've got to write every single day of what you ate and what you did that day, what you wore, right? That's not what journaling is. You can do that. That's something that can be done if that's what's something that makes you feel passionate or joyful. It's having this process of getting out of your own way 
and going through the the process of actually putting pen to paper and allowing it to come out. And so working through the journey with my clients, it's based upon that foundation of a relationship with yourself. Journaling is the foundation, which is why that's the first masterclass that I'm teaching in January. And that's where the journey ends. When I did personal private coaching, I would always send a welcome package. I made it very personal. Every single client was me going to the store and picking out what they would enjoy in their welcome package. And it always included a journal and a pen. I do remember journaling during the time that I was going through my divorce. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a suggestion. Well, I believe my mom suggested it. Um, and of course, it's been a couple of years since I had done any. Um, most times if I'm journaling i'm just taking records of interactions but at that point it was like if i hadn't done that i literally the amount of emotion that i can remember was in that journal i don't think i have it anymore um, mm. oh boy i can tell you on a daily basis i remember how much anger was poured out onto those pages like tons mm -hmm. and what was funny was it was a two-way street it was anger towards the ex and it was anger towards myself mm. and that 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 took a long time to get through um i almost filled that journal up it came pretty close but but there was a point where i was sitting there i was like i'm over it I'm, i don't i don't want to be angry mm. i just i just want to i want to do something else um great foundational work um and since you're doing that in january guess who's joining because <laughs> i need to get back into that I actually have a couple of journals sitting around here. I just haven't touched any of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you got Debbie. Mm-hmm. You started working with Debbie. Mm-hmm. Getting things going. Um, where did that where where did that go? How did that how did that play out? It plays out awesome because you it's it's about building that toolkit so my whole goal my whole business model is around building that toolkit it, it's whenever we get into these situations and we start reverting to old patterns or we get triggered and we start reverting we start going back to these old habits these old belief systems and that's why healing is ongoing and so it's having that toolkit available and also having a place to recognize and display that toolkit and so creating these resources that you know even something as simple as uh you've got your toolkit list that you can put on the background of your cell phone or a toolkit list that is available that you can have as your wallpaper on your desktop computer so having these reminders say hey that's available to me oh i forgot about that one let me do this oh i forgot that i ha i can do that let me do that right and so having them know number one what's available to you number two which tool is the best for your how you're feeling right now and it's how you can navigate through life with ease because the chaos never stops <laughs> it doesn't stop that's a fact yeah a common belief about having inner peace and having balance it's it's whenever when through my, through my market research, and this is a huge step that a lot of entrepreneur and business owners skip over is 
market research. Yeah. Through my market research, I have found that most people look at inner peace as a monk or a nun. And you're dropping everything. You're let, let's take um I'm a huge Marvel fan, so we can take Doctor Strange, for example. He's going through his storm. He's got his identity tied to his hands and his ability to operate. And he comes to selling everything to be able to use his hands. And then he sells everything. He goes to this far off place to find peace and to find healing, right? And so a lot of people believe that that's what has been portrayed in movies, which is what we're exposed to, right? Because inner peace isn't taught in the mainstream. That you've got to sell everything, give up your life that you know, and go move to this foreign place and stay there and live there until you have peace and healing. Is that what you believe inner peace is? Uh, me? No. Uh, yeah, you're, I know you're on better. a different journey. Yeah. <laughs> you're on a different journey. So most people, that's what they believe about inner peace, that they have to do that. And it's not practical. It's not functional. And so having that toolkit that, number one, you can maintain your social life, you can maintain your career and still have that peace through the journey. And so my goal is to help clients build their toolkit. So that you can still live the life that lights you up and do it with ease and peace. When I was um, a much more active back in the day in martial arts, one of my brothers um, was a huge advocate of meditation. Hmm. And I didn't, at that time, I didn't quite understand what it was. Um, So he decided to like kind of mentor me and teach me how to make that work. It was a very interesting, it was a very interesting time because we were both musicians and we were, mind you, he was a musician that used to play Jimi Hendrix music. Mm. This man was able to cut all the noise out and instantly cut to just being peaceful in the midst Mm. of anything. Um, We played music on stage together. We played rock, jazz, whatever, crazy stuff. But he was able to cut out and go into immediate peace in, in like moments. And I looked at him, I'm like, I wish I could do that. He goes, you can do that. Do you want to learn how? And I, I, so I learned through him. Um, it was really interesting. It got to, because at the time I was also a bouncer. I was actually mm-hmm. a cooler. <clears throat> Last guy you want in on a situation at a nightclub. He shows up, somebody's leaving. Either yeah. nicely or not so nicely. Yeah in a place where the decibels are deafening, I learned how to cut out the music and not hear Mm. anything to the point that I could tell if a fight was about to break out before it ever broke out. You can feel it. I could feel the energy in the room. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, you know, 300, 400 people and I could still tell where the fight was gonna Mm. happen. I love that. Yeah, it was, if it wasn't for him, I probably would never have been able to do that. And I, 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 miss him to this day. He's a wonderful mm. man. Um, very brilliant when it comes to music. Um, <laughs> we did a gig one night. Um, something happened with my guitar, couldn't play it. And he ended up playing bass for the whole night. And I just sang. It was a bass. I night. love that. It was amazing. Um, but yeah, that's, that's again, just lending to what you're talking about. It's getting out of the storm, getting out mm-hmm. of your way and being able to find that peace 
um, it's doable even in the midst of some of the loudest noise that's possible. You know? mm-hmm. uh, but you need somebody to show you how to do it. So um, you got, obviously you've, you've been through that, let's say with Debbie. What would be one of your best, um, what would be one of your best stories as far as bringing somebody, and it, it, you know, it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be the phenomenal finish, but like, yeah. what's, what's one of the, probably the most memorable? Oh, goodness. Um, a client that I worked with, he rose very quickly in his career. He was a younger business professional, and he rose extremely quickly in corporate lending. And he, within a matter of six months, he was at the top of his firm. He had a team managing, and he had no idea how to do it. And through working with me, he was able to recorrect on his own before having active coaching for me. So after working with him only just a few months, maybe say three or four months of working with me, he was able to find that piece on his own without having to come to me to walk him and coach him through it. And when somebody can recorrect that's like, oh, yes, you got it, right? You, you can recorrect immediately and get, get back on to your peace path. And or even just working on the fly, and this actually happened with the same client. Um, you know, he had a moment that he was on the brink of burnout. And I'm like, listen, you've got your toolkit. You know what to do. Allow yourself the freedom to do this. And I know through your Hawaiian, you know Ho'oponopono. Oh, yeah. And that prayer, I taught that prayer to him live on a coaching call. And when a man cries in front of me, mm-hmm. that is like the biggest triumph because it's, it means, number one, that I created a safe space, safe space for this person, that they trust me to show their vulnerability. and not apologize for it so when a man cries in my space i know that i did something right i know that i created something so sacred that they're able to open up and process through that pain and we did that through the ho'oponopono that's a huge deal actually uh, more than most people think and, and most men that are listening to this depending on where you're at guys look inside real quick when you just heard that what did that make you feel like because Society today, and as of the last few years, society has been kind of beating on men. You know, if they show their vulnerability, that's a sign of, of weakness. And I'm like, uh, no, that's not how that works. At least not in my, in my world. My generation, we were taught to stuff it down. Mm-hmm. Be a man, you know, you don't cry, you don't do this, you don't do that. And I think in about the early or mid nineties, I had already realized that that's not a reality. In fact, if somebody's using that as a, if they're using it as a driver and a shield, they're killing themselves. Mm. You're, you're better off processing it. I mean, our traumas are our traumas. It's who, that's what makes us who we are. We get that part. I mean, uh, Star Trek was a big, I, I, this has got a left field. Star Trek was a big, um, shined a huge light on this. When um, 
Cybok was introduced. Spock's brother. Talking about, I see you experiencing pain. Share that with me. Hmm. And for a Vulcan, that was forbidden. And that's why he was mm -hmm. expelled and excommunicated from the Vulcan uh, culture and community. Um, men at that time were like that too. Like, yeah, you can't be showing emotions like that. Dude, what are you doing? That's not, that's weak. Actually, no, it's not. It's, it's, you process it and you get through, you get through it. It's a, it's a sign of strength. I mean, our veterans are even our active duty. Um, you lose a friend, you lose mm -hmm. a family member, you're going to feel it. Mm -hmm. To hold it in is not going to make things. In fact, it's going to screw up your judgment. Um, when, when emotions are that heavy, you cannot think straight. Again, you're off your path of peace, just like you, you mentioned. If you can't realize that, you're going to screw up somewhere, and then you're going to wonder what happened. And for your yeah. young gentleman to be able to do that, to be able to realize and self-correct, that's huge. That means he's been working on himself to at least have the strength to recognize and realize he needs to change something. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um. Going through all of this, and I know you can't have gone this long, who are some of the people that influenced you, like some of your mentors or people that maybe didn't know they were men your mentors, but you made them mentors anyway, or, or influences? Who are some of the people that helped you along this? Well, Mike, you are one of them because when I was going through the brink of my drinking. <laughs> when I was going through the brink of my storm, you reached out to me multiple times and we weren't even very close. We didn't know each other very well, but because you have gone through your storms, you have done your healing process. You recognized it in me and you knew that I needed it. And so I'm incredibly grateful for that. And I think that's what's made us closer through the years is because we see each other of where we've been on our journeys. And whenever you've gone on a healing journey, you recognize that in another. And so you, I'm grateful for you and your friendship. Um, something else that was very helpful for me was I did a self-love leadership program and um, I've invested into myself through a lot of leadership development. So as I was kind of going up and going through my entrepreneurial journey, I, I invested a, a lot, tens of thousands of dollars, like <laughs> the amount of money I reinvest into myself, um, <laughs> like I could probably buy a car outright <laughs> um, nice. with, with what I've invested in myself. And for a long time, like I was doing it because I thought I wasn't good enough, that I thought that I needed more. And through my self-healing journey and through working with an energetic healer myself, I have learned that I'm already good enough. And I was, I've, and I think that you, when you've noticed my content has really shifted, it's because I've shifted more into myself with learning that I am already good enough that there's nothing wrong with me and that I can learn things to learn things because I'm curious about them, not because I need to make myself better. Right. Right. And that has really supported and assisted me through my journey. That is a profound statement. We always seek to grow. We always, we always seek to better ourselves. But it has to come from a place where we say, I am enough. Otherwise, it's a continuous hunt. Mm -hmm. And the only place we should be hunting is for our food. Mm, love that. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're, if you're going to, and, and listen, 
going to self-growth and, and going through programs, all awesome. But it has to come from that place of I am enough. And, and I share this with anybody that I, I see going through it. It's like, don't forget, you are. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just you're seeking to seek. You're not seeking mm-hmm. to find. You're, you're mm-hmm. stuck in the circle. And it's not going to go anywhere. <laughs> That's you're huge. right. That's huge. Uh, thank you very much for the compliment. Um, I, I figured, if anything, when I saw what I saw and what I've been seeing, which truly I've, I've been very happy to watch uh, the shifts that you've made, um, having, having any part in that is, is an honor. I appreciate it. Uh, the, the biggest thing for, for me was I saw a soul that was about to go through a lot. And I didn't know what it was that you were going to go through. I had no clue. Um, but I was seeing it happen. And as I saw it happen, it was like, maybe an encouraging word would help. Maybe a little reassurance that she's not alone. will give her a little mm-hmm. push. Um, that she's on the right path. Because whether we know it or not, even if we make bad decisions, uh, I caught I caught a triple three yesterday looking at my clock. Nice. And, and I, I looked that one up because I'm not a, I'm not a huge... I'm not huge into that, but I said, eh, let's go see what it says. <laughs> Kicked mm-hmm. me right in the stones. Um, literally said, yeah, even if you made a bad decision, you're on the right path. Don't quit. Just keep pushing forward. And I'm thinking, okay, considering what our business has been through in the last three months. <laughs> wow. All right. We'll keep pushing forward. Um, these are bits and pieces that, that, make our lives um, how do I say it it makes the journey a lot more worthwhile mm. uh, because you you don't you don't you no longer see it as this is a struggle uh, mm. and, and not to go into the, the cliche of life's supposed to be an adventure um, but there's really no other way to describe it because at the point of, of getting messages like that or hearing from somebody at the, at random times, you know, and they just happen to say the right freaking thing that you lose it. Mm. And it's like, all right, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going. Fine. You know, you, 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 you end up seeing a lot more than one that you were willing to see. Um, there is that willful blinding that many of us do. It happens. Um, and there's that there's that clear cut path to peace, which is what you're what you're helping people find. So, um, having you around as far as also sending me messages, I probably haven't said it. I'll say it here. Why not? There have been times when you sent me messages, and that day was really not going well. The timing was impeccable, um, whether you knew it or not. So I would also have to say thank you because you're you're also still an influence in my life as well. I'm very thankful for you. Um, we have we have both seen and and you're doing it as a profession um, to be able to see people graduate to a new level. Um, what does that return to you? I mean, other than just feeling good, knowing that you helped somebody, but what does that really return to you? 
seeing somebody progress to a new level, how did that affect me? I grow. I believe that when we help somebody through their path, you learn more about yourself. So even as with the experience that I have as a coach, I, I still grow. So when a client has a growth moment, I grow a little bit more too because I learn more about myself. And healing is ongoing. Growth is ongoing. And whenever you're kind of parallel going on a journey with somebody, even if it's not one-on-one, -on -one, you're still moving together. When you have a win, I have a win. When I have a win, you have a win. It's like a parallel connection that you get. That's huge. What's been the biggest win for you so far? As far as that's concerned, what's been the biggest win personally as, as your progress? Oh gosh, the biggest one with my progress personally. <sighs> yesterday, for example, <laughs> use yesterday for example. <laughs> so, uh, so right now, I, all right, I created my life so that I can literally pick up and go when I want, and uh, I. I'm on a six-week trip right now with my kids, and right now I'm staying with my sister and her recreational vehicle with her, her daughter, me and my two kids. There's five of us in this one RV, and I'm used to having my own space. I'm used to being able to whatever I want to do, I do. Whatever my kids want to do, we do, and it's a little bit different because I don't have my vehicle with me. And I'm contained to the space. And yesterday I was feeling very constricted. Mm. Like I was feeling so closed off because I've been in this space for so long. And I've been around others and their energies for so long. And one thing I teach is energy shifting. And my energy was off yesterday. <laughs> it was off. And it was so bad that. I was helping my kids with school and they asked me a question and I, I blew up a little bit. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I had this moment where I was, and I was like, ooh, racial. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> and, and so like um I had this moment that uh my sister and her daughter were out. It was just me and my kids, which I needed. I needed that time with just my kids because we have a, a very close bond now. And um I had this moment where I blew up at my daughter and I was like, this is not who you're choosing to be right now, we're going to choose differently. So I put in my earbuds <laughs> and I went outside and I turned on one of my, my playlists. Um, I call it my solo playlist. It's just, just these certain vibes. And I started dancing outside. My, my kids couldn't hear the music. I'm just out here moving my body, taking up all the space. Yep. Right? <laughs> Neighbors are probably looking at me like a crazy person. And it's so amazing that my kids learn by example. They couldn't hear the music. They just knew mom was dancing. And so they started dancing too. Sweet. So I can hear the music. My kids can't. We're just out here dancing. They're going just whatever. And then after a few songs, I moved my body. I journaled about gratitude, what I was grateful for. I did a gratitude dump. I uh, changed my frequencies, I changed my energies, and then I was able to come back to my path to peace. And so I even still self-correct. And it's about acknowledging 
hey, I'm having a moment right now. I'm having emotions that I need to process through. I need to shift my energy. And so being aware and practicing that self-awareness and mindfulness for me has been huge. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. Um, by the way, guys, um, if you want that that playlist, she is offering it up. I have it. Uh, yes, I, I do I, have I, it. I've been listening to it. It's, it's good music. It's a lot of cool It's stuff. different. Lyrics, yeah, it's definitely different. Some of the lyrics in there are real telling as well as far as mm -hmm. getting you to look inward and go, whoa, did they just say that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's, mm -hmm. I don't want to say it's a call out. If you feel like it's calling you out, and it probably is, but I, I don't, it's not, it's not meant to be a call out. It's meant to be a reflector, mm. a nice little mirror for you to really take a look at. If you really listen to the lyrics, it's kind of like, whoa, <laughs> hold on a second. Uh, why am I feeling that right now? Yeah. Great times to really take a look at what it is that's triggering the, the emotions. So it's awesome. And sometimes we don't even see the triggers. There's, you know, through the hippocampus and how the brain works, like we can get triggered. We don't even know it. I was, I learned that one when I went to a retreat up in Utah. Um, and it was literally one of those things where the, the trigger comes as a reaction to a directive. Um, and it was, it, I couldn't tell what it was, but it, and it was nothing more than a, that's all it was. Just a smirk. That smirk was a resistant a resistance point of yeah right mm. and i didn't catch it for years and two people were sitting in front of me and says there it is did you see it and i'm looking i'm going what are you talking about and like mm -hmm. it's on it's on you right now i'm like what's on me what are you guys talking about you're doing this this and this and i'm like it says there it is again and i'm like what do you i don't get it what are you guys talking about and it's like you smirk when you resist when you don't mm. take something. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. And it was like a huge awakening because I started going through my mind like, all right, how many times have I done this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, a lot. Oh, no. Yeah. When, when, when you're triggered, the first thing you have to recognize is that emotion. What is that emotion? Why is it there? Okay, so what was said done or what did you witness? It could, it could have been a bird flying by. I mean, it's the weirdest things that trigger us. A memory mm -hmm. is triggered by the strangest things. Um, but yeah, you just got to be aware. Guys, we're going to take one more uh, 30 second break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about what's coming up because you guys got to hear about these master classes that are coming in pretty cool. 30 seconds. And we're back. Java chat, coffee Mike sitting here with Rachel Hunter. Um, we've been talking a lot about, um, healing journeys, some of the examples and stuff. You have a masterclass series, I believe, that's going to start in January. Is that correct? That is correct, yes. Okay. Give us a rundown. What is this, what is this whole thing look like? Well, through my experience of doing personal private coaching, I learned what was uh, similar through the clients and what they were struggling with. And where they needed to improve. And so I coupled it down into 12 monthly masterclasses. So nice. starting in January, 2022, every single month is going to feature a new topic, a new masterclass. And it is to support you to build that toolkit, to help you find inner peace and to have that work-life balance. And 
you know, through our conversations, I, I love synchronicities because I'm doing a journaling master masterclass. So January 11th is the journaling masterclass. It's going to be 12 journaling practices that really build that foundation of love with yourself, that relationship with yourself and processing through to have clarity and to really find what you want out of life. What do you desire your life to be? And I'm also doing an energy masterclass on nice. being aware of energies around you and being able to shift your own energies. And each masterclass is 90 minutes. So even for my past private coaching clients, it's going to be going even more in depth of what they've experienced. And I'm doing a masterclass on forgiveness because you can't heal without that forgiveness of others and even yourself. And that's one of the most difficult things to do, right, Mike, is forgiving yourself. Yeah. That's you are the you are the worst offender of anything when it comes to when it comes to that one. So it's like if that doesn't happen and and that's a journey in and of itself. Mhm. You're right. What that's else? ongoing. So yeah, so I've got the the journaling masterclass, we're doing energy, we're doing forgiveness, we've got body image. So being able to have that body image so you can show up even when you feel like a can of busted biscuits, right? <laughs> we all have our moments. We all have our moments. And so <laughs> having that body image that you can show up regardless of feeling judgment from others and even yourself. Uh, let's see, what are some other ones we've got? We've got manifestation. So, you know, taking the universe into account and using quantum physics to manifest, you know, a career, a partner, you know, your, your dream life, what you desire and being able to really create and bring it into your reality. Mm -hmm. uh, another masterclass that we're going to be doing is, um, you're putting me on the spot now, I gotta use my brain. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm a visual learner. So abundance, so being able to practice abundance in your life and have that foundation. Uh, another masterclass is um, flow. There's, there's a, there's a, there's a it sounds like a ton of tools is about to get set up. Is yes. What that sounds like. Yes. It, 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 it's, I'm so excited because number one, I'm staying true to myself and what I desire versus doing what I've already done when I know that I can get a, you know, paycheck. I know that I can get more personal private clients right now. Like I know I can do it. <laughs> this is something completely new and it's pushing me as well because I'm trusting that my intuition with staying true to my desires will bring me more. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those things that a lot of people, like I have another buddy of mine who's been a guest here. Um, his business has exploded. Um, mm. and the latest one was he actually turned down a client that was worth six figures and he's, his, his whole attitude was, I don't need the money. We could use it, but I don't need it. And I don't want it because it doesn't align with our, with our structure. It doesn't align with what we're trying to get done, what they want to do and what we can do. Don't match up. Mm. I'm going to make, I'm going to leave that space open. And sure enough, about I think two weeks ago, because he shared that. Another company reached out to them. It's a bigger company, a bigger contract, and perfectly in alignment with what they do. Nice. So that whole flow thing is real, guys. So if you, if you yes. learn more about that, definitely take a look at what this is. Um, 
how how long are you going to run registration for for these classes? Is it ongoing or is it? Um... Yes, so it is going to be ongoing. Uh, the way I've got it structured right now is starting in January, individual master classes will be available, or you can get a master class pass that gives you unlimited access to all twelve master classes in twenty twenty two. Or you can get in with the Peace Collective, which starts in January. And the Peace Collective, it's, it's an online community with access to the whole Masterclass Pass, plus a work-life balance starter toolkit. So you've got that available to you. I also have a higher self-hypnosis that is inside the Peace Collective. That's cool. And it connects you with your higher self, and it reprograms using NLP and different hypnotherapy techniques which I learned when I was in the spa industry. And, uh, you know, there's different tools and resources, like I mentioned, with the background on your cell phone, the background for your um, computer and, a, you know, printable and having those tools that are available to you. And I do have a special that you can actually get bonus coaching calls. So even though I'm not going to do private coaching in the future, I love coaching because it gives that really intimate connection and transformation. I just don't want to do it with... 12 to 15 clients every single week. <laughs> that gets to be a lot. I don't want to, like, it's not aligned with me anymore. Yeah. So, you know, you can get that bonus right now when you get in on the Peace Collective. That's huge. Um, what is there, is there a place they can find this yet, or do they just come find you online? How do, how do they get involved with the Peace Collective, at least uh, as a beginning, or get set up for it? Yeah, so the best way just to, you can DM me on Facebook or Instagram and just say info or say, hey, I, I heard your podcast with Mike and, you know, we want to make sure that it's aligned with you as well. And I want people in this community that are going to, number one, add value because when you have, we talked about this the other day, when you have that group experience, that community experience, then you can help each other on your journey. It's kind of like having I call it a bumper buddy yeah, that you yeah. have somebody that can that can bump you back when you're getting off your peace path and that you're aligned and you have those similarities and that you can grow together because it really makes it that much more transformational. That's so send, send me a message and you know we, we can just have a, a brief conversation. Um, in the past, I've had it where you would go to the link to sign up. However. I think there's a huge energetic exchange when you've reached out first. Yes. So the link is only available through DM. Perfect. Wow, that's Come cool. to me for the link because that makes it a part of the transformation that you say, hey, I am so into this and I'm so into my journey that I'm going to reach out to you for that's the sign-up link. That's huge. And, and that's a really cool idea. I like that. Right on. <clears throat> so that you guys know all of the links to reach her are down below <clears throat> mine's running thank you very much for coming and hanging out with me on java chat it's been it's been a real real definite deal um sharing your insights sharing your wisdom and stuff I, Guys, if you, if, you, if you can't tell, she's wrapping all of this up into a pretty little package, pretty much with a bow. If you really want to understand what it means to get back on that path to peace, or if you haven't been there, um, be prepared for quite a um, 
pleasant shock because um, that that path is completely different from anything if you've never experienced it before it's completely different from anything that you've ever thought about peace My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I'm grateful to be here and to share some nuggets. And even if just one person experienced something, that's that's good. That's great for me. For those of you that haven't yet, don't forget. Yeah, I'm there. Subscribe. Hit the bell next to it. That way you get to hear more of these amazing people on Java Chat. Um, if you're listening on any of the 11 platforms, make sure you download, subscribe drop a review if you would. Big one. Share it with somebody. Send this out to a friend or a colleague. You gotta know somebody who peace. Um, and after this, if they really are ready, they'll hear it. It's pretty loud and clear. This, this particular podcast was a definite broadcast of what it means to get to that point. I have some other people I want to introduce you to as well. Yeah, I'd be delighted to. That's awesome. Um, connect with her, follow her, watch her stories, watch her journey. Uh, you will learn just enough of that. You're not going to learn what she's teaching, but you'll at least understand where she's at and why she's there. Um, we always really appreciate all of you for stopping by, making the time, taking the time to watch or listen. Stay up, stay safe, stay healthy, live. Myself, coffee with Mike, Rachel Hunter. Ciao for now. For more information on Java Chat, visit www.javachatpodcast.com. You've been listening to Coffee with Mike on Java Chat. Tune in weekly to this podcast for the next episode. You can also download or subscribe today on your favorite podcast platform. A production of Oasis Media Group, LLC. Located in Las Vegas, Nevada. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.